What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are now tuned in to episode 43 of the In-Game Grind podcast, the greatest podcast on this clairvoyant plane of existence. And the next, I am your host, as always, Jason, and I am joined by my friend, my homie, and my fellow Texan whose life expectancy probably dropped about five years because our infrastructure and government are complete shite. Chris, uh, tell the people what's up. I hate it here and I want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I, I was I was thinking about it, right? Because on Twitter, it's kind of like a replay of the winter storm thing where people are like, ha ha, look at Texas. Good thing I live in Florida. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I mean, look, the only comparison you can make to Florida is that it's like on the coast. Yeah. And it has no state tax, which is the only similarities like them and, you know, Texas share. Like, I like yeah. don't get it twisted. Like, Texas... Texas has its ups. Now, that up, those ups are accompanied probably even outnumbered by the downs, but yeah. it's still got its ups. Like, I'm still, like, I don't like the way Texas is run. I would never in a million years move to Florida. I don't have to worry about alligators to my front lawn. Yeah, or, you know, just general Florida man, you know? Yeah, but, um, like, you, I don't, well, I don't want to jinx it, but, like, you don't get, like, local texas man tries to bribe officers with a plank of wood painted gold like also uh when i sit down to use the restroom i don't check for snakes so yeah i'm really happy about that and again that might just be the area in texas but it's like i looked at all the states like with no state tax and it's like there's texas and then florida and then there's like washington right but it's like yeah i don't know like i want to do i want to be that close to the problem uh, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't <laughs> mind living in like Washington. It would depend on like the place, right? Because then, like, there's yeah. like anytime anyone wants to move to Washington, they always say Seattle. And it's like Seattle's dope, but like they only ever mention downtown Seattle. Like that's the dope part of Seattle. Everywhere else is like crime ridden. But people don't talk. I mean, about that Tacoma's shit. Tacoma's pretty nice. That's like one of the hardest parts of Washington. I mean, after staying there like two weekends, Tacoma was really nice to me. Two weekends. Yeah. And we were on like, I, I will say we were on like the nicer side. Um, the friend I was staying at, his his parents have a nice, nice house. Yeah. I, like, look, like a part of a forest in their backyard. Like, it's really nice. Look, man, all I'm saying is that uh, if Texas don't change, you might be looking at a transit. But... That being said, uh, speaking of transit, uh, here's a transition to something that you probably didn't think we were going to be talking about anytime soon. A good looter shooter, question mark? So A good demo. Beta. I mean, like, I wouldn't even say it's a beta because it's like... Yeah, it's not a beta because it says demo. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know what I, but you know what I mean because it's like, it's. I wouldn't even say it's like a... Oh, man, it's just like an early build of the game that's dropping... So, in like a month well if you're curious as to what the hell we're talking about uh we are talking about the game outriders so outriders is a third person shooter a third person looter shooter rpg-esque game coming from uh, i believe it's people who fly and square enix who are developing this game yep. i feel like I, yeah and uh this is a this Spon is a this is a welcome surprise um, anyone that probably you know knows us, we've had a rocky relationship with looter shooters. Um, mainly Destiny and Anthem, because these are just two games that we kind of were expecting to be one thing and they weren't. And yeah. I mean, in all honesty, the looter shooter genre in general is just kind of dry. I mean, it was dominated for the longest time by Borderlands. Well, that's the thing, though. Borderlands never had... I don't consider Borderlands with the rest of these games because Borderlands doesn't have, like, traditional... It doesn't have PvP. Like, it, it, yeah. like Borderlands was never supposed to be this grandiose $150 million, you know... Uh, yeah. you know, spectacle with a ten-year roadmap and shit like that. So, and for the and for those listening, and yes, we both know that there is a dual system in Borderlands where you can, you know, initiate a fight between the players in the game, um, but that really doesn't count because yeah. you don't win anything. So, you know, 
the one thing I really like about Out, well, let me give you the preface of Outriders. So like I said, it's a third person shooter recover mechanics that uh sort of so actually <laughs> if you go to the Outriders Reddit page, one of the first things that you'll see is a meme where it's uh it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh I always forget his name, but it's the black guy from the beginning of Predator when they're like doing the big muscle. You son of a bitch. They do the big (laughs) muscle grip, but it's forearms and like all the forearms come together to say Outriders. And it's like people sick of destiny, Anthem refugees, Warframe players trying to kick the habit and the guy that's still playing Division for some reason. And it's kind of weird because Outriders sort of is just a breath of fresh air for looter shooters. Like it has all the cool aspects of all of these other games that are just like not as popular as they used to be or just failed and died but it's got its own unique spin so like i said third person shooter with cover mechanics kind of like gears and the division uh it's got the same post-apocalyptic refugee aesthetic as destiny and anthem it's got a class it's a uh, class-based shooter kind of like uh with abilities kind of like destiny so the same uh in this game you have four different classes to choose from from the pyromancer the Technomancer, the Devastator, and the Trickster, Trickster. which Trickster. all also have their own unique uh, skill trees, like literally Final Fantasy X-esque skill trees that literally lead them where you can be one of three upgraded versions of that class. And the dope thing about it is you can reset your skill points at any time. So if you're playing as one spec one day, and you get a gun that's really good for another spec and you want to try that out, you can just do that. So it's got that kind of like Destiny. Um, it has a weapon mod system like Warframe where it, it has yeah. mods that you can that are interchangeable between weapons. And honestly, after about playing 15 hours of this demo, that which, by the way, there is a demo on Steam. It's free. You should go check it out. Um, this game has a lot of potential. Like, I... I don't want to, I might be, I might sound biased because, you know, when usually there's a looter shooter announced, it's usually just a big collective groan because they all, they all look interesting. Like there's no way to make a looter shooter that doesn't look interesting. But as soon as you see like the announcement trailer, you instantly start thinking, oh man, is this going to be like Destiny? Is this going to be like Anthem? Are they going to yeah. actually support it? Like if it's not the most popular game on the planet after about six months, are they actually going to keep developing the game? Like we literally found out about Outriders one day after EA decided to pull the plug on Anthem because they didn't think it was worth it to even de- devote development time to that game anymore. So we we had our we we had our skepticisms, but Square Enix is involved, and Square Enix has been on an absolute heater ever since 2020. And I just personally, I just don't see them putting out subpar game right now i I just don't see it but um after playing 15 hours of this demo i can tell you straight up they got i'm confident in this game's growth because they got the little things right like the gunplay the gunplay feels great it's not you know call of duty great but for a third person shooter with abilities the guns feel pretty goddamn good Especially, I, I haven't gotten one yet, but I could imagine that that feeling is only multiplied when you get a legendary gun that actually works with your spec. Um, the abilities are fun. Yeah, even for the four that you get in, because you get four of each ability or each ability tree for each character. Yeah. Um. Obviously, so as from what we understand, uh, the level cap is seven, and the world cap is five. But uh, um, like, but but like, just the uh, like, you do get a chance to kind of like spec out your own character a little bit, and it's it, oh, it's solid. Like, it's fucking solid. I, I like how the classes have a good sense of individuality. Uh, individuality. Mm. Like the trickster, for example, is like a. I kind of, you know, this is a, a minor gripe. I, I like this is like a a very minor gripe for continuity's sake. If you're going to make two of the mancers and there's an actual mancer that 
matches the other two classes, why not make them all mancers? Like the pyromancer uses fire. The technomancer uses like technology and makes, you know, turrets and fires rockets. And you have devastator, which covers himself in rocks and does, you know, geo waves and earthquakes and stuff like that. Geomancer. Geomancer. The other one, you know, manipulates time, teleports, slows people down and does stuff like technomancer or uh, chronomancer. That's just me. That continuity. That's just me. But you know, I the the trickster, like I said, stops time, makes domes that you know slow projectiles that enemy shoots, and it's so sick to stand in there and literally see the bullets like matrix in there. Yeah. You can still see like the rhythm of the bullet in there, and you could just step around it like it's just moving in slow motion and teleport to the enemy and you know cut them in half and watch their skeletons dissolve and it's. The game so absolutely feels amazing. Like I said, they got the little things right. You know, gunplay abilities. Uh, getting new gear feels impactful even early. You know, because the gear have mods on them that you know power up some of your certain abilities. Uh, like Chris mentioned, there is a level system for the overworld that you can change at any time and actively work to level up, and it makes the enemies tougher but it also boosts the amount of experience you get and it gives you a better chance at getting better loot, including legendaries. And I like this because unlike a game like Anthem, where me and Chris literally did the hard, like there's only a few things to do in Anthem. Yeah. And the one boss we used to run all the time being the spider boss, we would do it on the hard, like tier three, the hardest difficulty and the legendaries and good weapons would drop at the same rate as doing it on normal. So if that's the way the game works, why would we do three times the work for the same pay as doing it on normal? Where yeah. in Outriders, they give you a flat percentage, a actual number, right? They're not just like, if you do it harder, maybe new shit will drop. They're like, no, you have like a 250% chance or 50, 250% increased chance of getting a legendary item. That's what makes people want to strive to play the hard version of your game. And I like that. I don't and mean the, to, um, I don't mean to dunk on Anthem, but I will say I will say playing the demo kind of felt like playing Anthem, but the difference is there was only like two missions to do and you can keep doing them over and over again, but this is a demo and that's expected. Whereas Anthem was a $60 game that was quote unquote completed. And there was only two things to do. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Speaking of dunking on Anthem, Outriders actually has an interesting story. Like now, granted, we didn't pay as much attention to it as we probably should have a because it was the demo. But we all agreed that we would actually pay attention to it when the full game came out. But um, the, yeah, what what uh what, what what are your thoughts of Outriders? What would you um what tickled your fancy? Man, honestly, um the characters seem interesting enough. Um I guess spoilers a little bit for the demo that's out. It'll carry over into the story, but you literally start out in one time period and it's like 31 years later after that. Yeah, like 31 or 21 or something like that. And this like plucky, happy go lucky, you know, like assistant who was excited to be on this alien planet is now this like military hard death hardened general <laughs> and it's just i think it's just interesting to see that kind of like dynamic shift in a character especially when your character itself just does not know what's going on and no one wants to tell them yeah this like, story the story is brutal as hell by the way like it goes it goes to yeah we're people of earth we're we're going out into the world because we fucked it up and we're going to go to another planet. And then like not 20 minutes later, you're just like, so I woke up out of cryo sleep and it's just all out war. Like it's kind of insane, but it's, it's exciting. It keeps me interested. Um, and like, I, I really like, we only have like Anthem to kind of compare it to because there was no, sense of urgency if you get what i mean yeah like because like the raids the raids in uh anthem seems so closed if that makes any sense like you know like there were individual problems 
that were solved within like the three mission line it was but then as soon as you leave that mission line it's like oh yeah but you're still in your jaeger and you're still having a good time i was like i just defeated a giant bug like are we not worried about no but with this it looks like everything you're doing is going to from what we know the greater good um but it's, it's still exciting yeah like i i did not expect myself you know, to be excited for a looter shooter in 2021. I, I will be, I, I will be honest. Anthem took what little air was left in my sails when it came to being excited for this genre, because like destiny was supposed to be, I bought into the whole, you'll be playing destiny for 10 years thing. Yeah. Obviously that didn't pan out. And we did we did our time. Yeah, like we, we really we really gave it the college try. Right, and it's like Anthem. I was ready. Like conceptually, there's no way no one can get Iron Man suits wrong. Yeah, like <laughs> how do you take the concept of you and three friends get geared up in class based combat in your own personal Iron Man suit with guns and abilities and get to just do this badass shit? Almost like a, uh, almost like your own personal mech and you get it wrong. You know, that, that was, that just left a really bad taste in my mouth because they assured us they were going to take this game seriously. They assured us this game had a roadmap. They assured us that it was going to be something that we'd be playing for quite some time. And we played it for a month. And then, you know, we heard that they were going to, they're like, hey, we've heard you're your disgruntled. Like, we've heard the noise. We've we've seen the results. And we're sorry. Um, and even then, like, because it was Bioware. And me and Jason know, you know, Bioware is a subsidiary of EA. EA has their money in everything. So if it's not going to produce money, EA is going to either do something to make it produce money or just kill it outright. Um, and we knew, we knew it was going to be rushed. We knew that they were going to drop it with problems. We knew there was going to be issues with it. Um, so when Anthem came out, it was like, hey, we're, we're going to fix the problems. We're going to make it new. We were hopeful. And then they said, no, we're not going to do anything with it. And then Square Enix is like, hey, um, here you go. <laughs> like gave us a new game uh but i mean we'll see time will tell we'll we'll see how it's gonna go i hope honestly i hope for the best because this game is really fun to just bullshit with you know and I, I do story i do appreciate the fact that if you go on their reddit page the first thing you see from a post is like from you know people that fly in in uh square saying thank you for checking out our demo before you post bugs or anything here are the things that we know about here are the things that we can fix before release and here are the things we cannot fix or implement before release but we'll look into by the way this game comes out on april 1st which is a bold move because if this game flops and you came out on april fool's day ooh, that's the biggest (laughs) you are you are you are potentially going to get memed into oblivion but i don't think this game will have to worry about that but uh what i was saying was I really enjoy the fact that they showed you. They didn't tell us how long we're going to play this game. They didn't, you know, they didn't tell us that there was going to be a ton of shit to do. They kind of let us figure that out for ourselves. And um, I like that, Uh, especially like we've talked about this before, the difference between a demo and a beta. You know, a beta is supposed to be indicative of a previous or current build of a game that will not reflect the final product. They are seeking you know troubleshooting advice they are seeking improvements a demo is supposed to be indicative of what you can expect from the final product and from what i've seen i will say i have come across a few crashes personally um i've had scenarios where my ui will crash so like my recast timers for my abilities my guns the layout for my guns and how much how many bullets it has in them will not change and there's no way to change it except for just exiting out of the game and coming back in. Um, sometimes I get a black screen of death when I'm in my inventory. I'll just be looking at armor and then all of a sudden if I click on an armor piece, it'll just disappear. 
and the only way I could fix it is to, you know, <laughs> close the game out. Um, gameplay wise, I don't really think there's, I, I did notice on Devastator and uh, Trickster, a lot of the teleportation abilities or abilities that are like dash type abilities have this yeah. bug where when you get to the end of them, you'll kind of freeze in the position of the animation ending. And it's not, you don't take any damage or anything. Like the game registers that this is not correct and you don't take damage from it, but it does, you know, it, it, it sucks because whatever you do, that effect is still ticking. So if you're trying to weave that into another ability, you're going to miss out on it every time. Yeah. Um, the cover system needs work. Uh, the, the cover system is not uh, fluid for if I'm in cover and I'm trying to like quickly come out of cover and then go back into cover or if that type of scenario ever comes up, it tends to not register that you want to go back into cover or you want to go into cover. There have been a lot of times where I've been standing behind a barricade and I'm getting lit up because it won't register that I want to duck. Right. Um, last but not least is the weird frame rate issues that the game has sometimes. Uh, quick disclaimer, and this is, I'm not even, I wasn't going to mention it just because they said they'd fix it in the final release. They have some of the most obnoxious motion blurring camera shake in this yeah. game. And you cannot turn it off. But so if you get motion sick, please be careful about playing the demo. But they said that this would be fixed uh, by the release. So maybe just try it to see if you like it and hope for the final release. But the weird frame rate problems they are also aware of. But it's like if you're in the main city, the frame rates will dip like sub teens, you know, and sometimes yeah. in the game, you know, it feels weird. Like I don't have the newest PC, but I have a 2700X and a 1080Ti that can handle every other game at 1080p on Ultra. So for this game to be choppy is a little weird, but that's all my complaints. And those are all things that are extremely fixable before, you know, in a month, you know? Yeah. So especially from a, you know, if you got somebody like Square Enix foot in the bill for this game. But, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, go, go, uh, Go check, check out, it out if you can. Yeah, because it's it the the demo. There's no time on the demo. You can make one of every character. Uh, this the demo will literally be live up until the uh, the release of the, uh, game, the I think. release of the game, and all of your data from the demo will carry over to the full game. So if you so do get yourself hooked yeah. and you do want to go ahead and get the full game, you can keep all your stuff. Yeah, uh, um, I think it gives you a good little grasp of the game too. It gets you about the first chapter or the prologue of the game uh so it's a good it's a good starter to see if you're gonna like this game i suggest everyone start it and go all the way to the end don't give up in the middle because you just might get something cool at the end so switching topics here um other big news that we got last week on friday was we tuned in for the early morning pokemon stream to basically show us what they've been working on we got the new Pokemon Snap. We pretty much already knew about that. But the reason that we really got up for that was because we got what we've been asking for for quite some time. We finally got the Gen 4 remakes. We got Pokemon Bright. Uh, yeah, no, Pokemon Brilliant. Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl. Now, uh, Chris, I'm going to let you say your piece first because I'm going to go second, but I just would like to preface it. You know, I ain't going to preface shit. You go go, go to say what you guys say. All right. Um, I'm excited for the new games. Uh, I think they look cute. Um, I I just hope they keep with the actual game. It looks like it's just a one-for-one -one recreation of the game, just a different art style. Um, so I'm excited for it. But the thing I've been seeing on the internet and, you know, obviously you take with a grain of salt. Everybody's going to be the way they are. Um, people are upset about the way the game looks. Um, you know, you had a game that was Sword and Shield or, you know, for a better instance, you know, Ultra Sun and Moon. Um, you had games that look like that. And then you jump back to uh, Gen 4 remakes. Um, and everybody's upset about it because it looks weird but in actuality i feel like it just looks like a 3d version of gen 4 um but you get to the battle animations they look completely different um they look fluid they look nice um but the thing that got me upset was 
everybody was the people that were upset about it and they said it looks bad um nintendo should stop doing a pokemon game or they they said game freak should stop doing a pokemon game well nintendo actually listened to them and had this is another fucking company doing this game um game freak is still working on pokemon related things just not the, this gen 4 remake this is handled by a completely different studio so what are you complaining about and Jason that sigh makes it sound like you're on the other side of this argument generation 4 is my favorite generation of Pokemon always has been always will be I started playing Pokemon at gen 2 first game ever was Pokemon Gold but Pokemon Diamond and Platinum specifically those two games because i've never played pearl until these come out I, i'm choosing pearl because my girlfriend diamond wanted the diamond version as for reasons you could probably deduce on your own um i am on record on this podcast saying that if game freak did not want to try and innovate when it came to the main series pokemon games including the remakes they should delegate that task to another development company. Now, before I eat my words, I did preface what development companies I wanted them to delegate that to. Being Square Enix, I had two, I had three picks. I had Square Enix, I had Atlas, and I had Platinum. And the reason that I said all of those companies is because they have shown me that they can not only develop interesting games, they can develop interesting worlds and interesting combat systems. Now, obviously I wanted Atlas from the premise of, could you imagine a Pokemon in the art style of a, of a persona? Yeah, that would be hella sick. That'd be amazing. Not and it not, maybe not even persona, like maybe something along the lines of Tokyo Mirage sessions. That would be or, fire. Or uh, Odin sphere would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and with platinum, I wanted them because I was like, could you imagine Pokemon like in an actual like instead of turn base? What if they made a, you know, Gale of Darkness or Coliseum esque side game that did have like live combat, like a Bayonetta or, you know, an Astral Chain? That would be sick. And last but not least, I wanted Square Enix because they are the grandpappy of JRPGs. And it wasn't even necessarily because of Final Fantasy. It was because I love what Square Enix has done in the last like four years when it's come to, you know, the blend of old school JRPG graphics with new school mechanics and, you know, art style. Things like Octopath Traveler, the game they just recently put out a demo for on the eShop with Project Triangle. I I remember saying, damn, wouldn't a Gen 1 uh, Pokemon remake in the style of Octopath Traveler be sick? Yeah. It's those are the type of things I wanted when I said I want another development company to make these Pokemon games. But instead, we got Ilka, who is responsible for Pokemon Home, which I'm going I'm not going to sit here and cap. I have no knowledge over. OK, as far as the art style, the chibi art style, it doesn't bother me. I was shocked when I saw it, but it doesn't bother me as much because like Chris said, it's kind of like a true remake instead of like a remaster. The only thing that kind of bothers me is that maybe Ilka didn't want to go for a full remaster. Maybe they didn't have the resources to do a full remaster, but I would rather have this than something. They try something completely new that doesn't even work. Yeah. Uh, plus, somebody brought up a uh, good point. Pokemon's been chibi up until like Sword and Shield, so that's nothing yeah. new. But um, I will say this: my biggest concern is Ilka going to implement all of the quality of life changes that we have come to know and love in Pokemon? Because look, every every generation there's something that's put in and taken out that people hate personally right. i loved mega evolution i thought it was the best thing to ever happen to pokemon i hated that they took it out i thought that was something that could honestly breathe life into it and they kind of ruined it by giving every already op pokemon 
a Mega Evolution instead of giving it to, you know, popular yet underwhelming Pokemon who weren't good competitively or still had right. a lot left a lot to be desired design wise, like should have been a Mega Dunsparce, you know, shit like, you know, shit like that. But here's my biggest concern for this game. Are they going to come up with another system that basically eliminates HMs? I don't know if you guys have ever played Gen 4 Pokemon. It requires the most HMs to traverse through that game than any other Pokemon game with seven. Cut, Fly, Surf, Waterfall, Rock Smash, Rock Climb, and Defog. That's right. It did have Defog. Yeah. Now, let's do the math. You can only have up to six Pokemon on your team that each know four moves each, right? So you have a total of 24 move slots dedicated to your team. If they keep the game like it originally was, where you needed all of these TMs. I'm going to have to have two whole Badoops on my team. Oh, God. Literally, of those 24, seven of those slots will specifically be for HMs. Yeah, I hate HMs because they allow you they don't allow you to have the team you want. They allow you to either have to have a move on your Pokemon that you don't want to have on there or like, you know, Chris said, have a Pokemon on your team that is literally nothing more but an HM user. And in Gen 4, it had the most, you know, famous HM user being B-Barrel because it's normal water and it could learn Rock Smash, Rock Climb, Strength and surf so you know but no Great. one wants to use a goddamn b barrel <laughs> i'll do it. it i love b barrel but why though i think he's cute well anyway <laughs> um, uh, but, but i get what you're saying uh what i was gonna say was um it would be nice to see the uh the ride pokemon mechanic being used again yes please like anything anything like sun and moon I loved because it was the first time that I could spec out a team and use that team and not be worried about, well, this thing needs to learn fly so it can't learn Brave Bird or this thing needs to have cut and I needed cut at 15, but here we are about to fight the, you know, Elite Four and it's this thing still got cut and you can't yeah. forget, T you, you know, you can't forget HMs the way you can TMs. Also, Gen 4 was back when TMs broke after you used them. Yeah, so... Are they just going to... I really hope that's a quality of life change. They go, we're not doing that again. Now, again, if this was Game Freak making this, I'm pretty sure that that wouldn't happen because, you know, a lot of the quality of life things in Sun and Moon, I actually did really enjoy. The only one that I don't think I... The only, one, the only thing that Sun and Moon did that I didn't like mechanically wise was the fact that you could not turn off the experience share. Yeah. You know, you, but that, they, it kept it nice and even, but you couldn't turn it off. But yeah. um, but yeah, like aside from that, it was fine. But I'm 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 gonna play these games. Uh, like I said, I have all I actually already have my team for this game like spec'd out. Names names is according to any potential gender and everything. Assuming that you could still encounter all the game all the Pokemon you could in the original versions. But yeah. um, but that's not all we got. Yeah, we also got a uh, Pokemon a, Legends Arceus. Yeah, pre-make. The, uh, the world's first Pokemon pre-make. I will I, I will say this. It looks interesting. I'm excited. I hope it Okay, let's let's nip this shit in the bud. It's not Pokemon Breath of the Wild. Can we let that go? There have been grassy plains in so many games. <laughs> like I hate that that's a meme. Um, and for those who don't know, there's a scene in the trailer where it pans behind the character and it kind of glosses over like a glassy or grassy plateau. Um, and the same shot was, it was almost shot for shot for Breath of the Wild's, uh, 2017 release, like intro tra trailer. It's not the same, but like. <laughs> you would go on Twitter and you'd see those two side by side going and then it'd be like, so is this just a genre now? And it just showed games that did the same thing. And most of them were Nintendo. Um, so I don't know if they just like that pan 
um, that pan uh, that pan off of screening. I don't know if that's just them, but let it go. I want Breath of the Wild too. I'm just gonna have to let it go. So, my my biggest concern with well, my biggest issue with Arceus was just why wasn't this the Gen Four remake? Like, I would have waited another year for Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes to be in the art style of Arceus and have the story of Arceus be like some type of dream-esque after game. Yeah. I would have loved that. Like, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl... Like Gen 3 and Gen 4 and Gen 5 are kind of famous for being like the Pokemon games that actually had shit to do after the main game. That's, yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. So like I'm gonna play it. It looks interesting. It's just I I, I don't I don't like the cop out that they they were like oh we want to work on this but you know we we want to work on this we don't want to do you know we don't want to do remakes and I I, I don't know I, I'm gonna put it to you like this. I'm going to buy and play both of these games because Gen 4 is my favorite gen. But Diamond and Pearl, I'm not going to judge too harshly as long as they do it right. But as far as like Pokemon Legends Arceus, that will be judged a lot harder for me because this is going to be indicative of the direction that, you know, Pokemon wants to take the series. This is, was, that is Game Freak. Game Freak's doing Arceus. I was content with never playing another Pokemon game again after playing Sword and Shield. I really was. But, you know, of course, these are my favorite games of all time. I want to give them a shot. But um, I'm going to say this, though. I, <laughs> I do not like, and I don't know if you peep this, and you might even have to go back and watch it because it, it, it shook me when I, I didn't realize it. They started this uh, broadcast off with showing every single Pokemon game that they have made in the last 25 years. Because it's the 25th anniversary. Except for two. What games? They did not show Colosseum and they did not show Gale of Darkness XD. No. They also didn't show Pokemon Conquest. That's true. They also didn't show Pokemon Conquest. So you purposely did not show three of the best side games. Oh, wait, did they show Pokemon Ranger? No. Dog. Hold on. So you left out four of some of the best side games. They even showed uh, Mystery Dungeon. Well, yeah, because Mystery Dungeon. I wouldn't even. Mystery Dungeon is a higher, an upper echelon side game. But, like, that's what I mean. Like, they showed Mystery Dungeon, but not Ranger, Gale of Darkness, Coliseum. I don't think they should. I don't think they did Troze. No one would give a fuck about them damn Troze. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Pokemon Dash, which I thought was. I thought, wasn't that a free phone game? No, Pokemon Dash was a DS title. I know because it was the first game I ever got on my DS. But um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Like, it it, it feels kind of weird to me that they left all of those out. Like, those aren't a part of. Now, maybe it was this was the stuff Game Freak made, right? Because Game Freak didn't make any of those games. Like, Game Freak didn't make Coliseum. They didn't make Ranger, and they didn't make Conquest. So maybe that's what that was. But the whole broadcast was for two games that Game Freak also didn't make. I don't know, man. Like I said, like the direction that Pokemon is going is not like clear. You you know who made Pokemon Ranger? Who? Hal Laboratory. Have they done like anything else? How Kirby. <laughs> wow. Hal Laboratory is Kirby. <laughs> wow. You know, when yeah. I think back to the sprites, I see it. Yeah. I see it. Um, they've done Kirby, uh, Earthbound. 
Um, let's, another, let's just, another another Gabe series. They Nintendo did Pokemon Snap about. too. Oh wow! Like the new one or the old one? The old one. They did the original Pokemon Snap, and they showed. So yeah, that. like every Kirby game, obviously, because that's Sakurai's company. Yeah. Uh, they did Pokemon Stadium one. They did show Stadium. Um, I don't. Oh. They did Pokemon Stadium two. Oh no, man! All, all I'm saying is that the direction that Nintendo is taking Pokemon is kind of like indiscernible right now. I, I just don't know where it's going. Uh, I, I will say this, uh, and, and you know, y'all can hold me accountable to this. I'm gonna put it on wax. Like I'm playing Diamond and Pearl not because I'm excited for the new games, but because I love the old games, and I would love to play this game again, especially if I get to play it with my significant other who's never gotten to experience this and told me that she wants to experience one of my favorite games because Pokemon Diamond is in my top five favorite games all time at number four. Um. Pokemon Arceus Legends, I'm pretty much picking that up out of curiosity. Yeah. But, like, if I play both of these games and it leaves me kind of feeling underwhelmed, I don't have a problem, like, kind of hanging up, you know, hanging up my belt, you know, putting my Pokeballs on the shelf, man. I just... You know, I'm... Uh, we talked about it with Outriders. Like, when a game comes out, where you can tell a lot of love and attention to detail into went into the game. Like, I don't want to say we're setting the bar too low, but it's just refreshing to know that somebody cared while making a game and it wasn't just, this is how much money we'll make if we do this. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's about all I got to say. Oh, but before we go, since we got like five minutes, if we... If uh, are you are you gonna get in, are you playing Diamond or Pearl? Um. Okay, so here's the thing, like, cause I got okay, so uh, when I was 16, um, I got to go to Japan, uh, for my birthday because my grandmother did military stuff, and so I picked up Diamond and Pearl as imports. You know, I picked them up at the same time. That's how I got Zan as like my name, like that that generation is how i got my screen name and my gamer my gamer tag like from years ago i don't know wait a minute that doesn't even math out no so when i was 16 right was it six, no i wasn't 16 because i was in high no it was my freshman year of high school my freshman year of high school i was 15 turning 16 i don't remember no, if you're like 14. You, know, you when you graduate from high school, you're either 17 or 18. I was 17 because I started school early. So you had to have been 14. So yeah, I was okay, cool. 14. Um I got I don't know which games I'm going to get. I know I'm going to get both of them. I don't know if I'm going to get Diamond or I'm going to get Pearl. I might get Diamond because I started Pearl first. Then I went to Diamond. I don't know. It depends on which one Jamie wants. Honestly, like I I have 534 hours in Pokemon Diamond. I'm probably going to play Pearl just cuz Diamond wants to play Diamond and uh the only thing, like the only like we coordinated Sword and Shield based on like what Pokemon were were in which and which ones we wanted. The only thing about Diamond is like the Pokemon in there that I do want is Magmortar. And it is a diamond exclusive because Electivire is exclusive to Pearl. Mm -hmm. um, fun fun fact for you youngins. Um, if you ever played Diamond and Pearl on the OG DS um, and you went to the old Chateau with a Gen 3 Pokemon Game Boy game in the Game Boy port in the DS, you could find Wild Gengar in the grass. And I remember my friends accusing me of cheating because I had a Gengar and they just didn't know how to get one. Uh... But uh, yeah, I, I was—I I said I was gonna go with Pearl, and uh, for any of you interested, uh, I already have my Pearl team planned out. Um, where the hell did I put it? Here it is. So I'm—I'm I'm going Turtwig. I went Infernate uh, when I was a kid. I'm going Torterra just because it learns Earthquake as soon as it evolves into Torterra. Uh, if it's a boy, it's gonna name it Atlas. If it's a girl, I'm gonna name it Gaia grass ground pretty you know super weak to ice but it's got good coverage otherwise 
Uh, yeah. Spirit Tomb. Never have used a Spirit Tomb in a playthrough. Never. Like, and, and it's tough because there's so many good ghost types in Diamond and Pearl. Like, first of all, there's Giratina. Duh. But there's also like Dust Noir, which is also one of my favorite uh, ghost Pokemon. But I've used it before. I've never used a Spirit Tomb before. I know you can get one in both games. And I'm going to David Poltergeist. It's Ghost Dark. Good coverage. It literally has no weaknesses. <laughs> um, Lucario. Never use a Lucario on a playthrough. Plus, you get one for free in Diamond and Pearl. If they keep the games the same, because if you remember, when you go to the Iron Islands, Riley will, after you battle with him, gives you an egg, and it's a Riolu. So, yep. Lucario. Uh, Azumarill, who if it's a guy, I'm going to name it Boba, and if it's a girl, I'm going to name it Bubbles. It's water good. And the only reason I'm using it now is because I used one in my original playthrough, but now Azumarill has a fairy type as well as a water type, so that thing is actually kind of a fucking problem. <laughs> it's different now. <laughs> like, if you get, like, a huge power Azumarill, and he's like, okay, he knows uh, Waterfall, uh, Waterfall, Play Rough, Belly Drum, and, like, Quick Attack. This thing is an issue. Um, let's see. I'm using a Crobat because I've never used a Crobat before, because I've never had the patience to catch a Zubat. Evolve it into, evolve it into a Golbat. Really? Yep. Like I, I've just never been good at evolving like Pokemon with friendship because I always thought it took too long. But I'm gonna take the time to do it. If it's a boy, I'm gonna name it Alucard. And if it's a female, I'm gonna name it Gotham. And it's poison flying. Plus, now that fairy's a thing, I need a fairy check. So that'll be in Lucario's job. And last but not least is going to be one of the two evolutions I have never used before, uh, Glaceon. Because I, if I remember correctly. In the OG games, you had to beat the Elite Four and then talk to some random lady that uh, in Hearthrome City, and she would just give you an Eevee. But in Platinum, she would just give it to you straight up, whether you beat the game or not. So if I give it to her, level it up, and then get to Snowpoint City, all you gotta do is take it to the Icy Rock, level it up, and boom, Glaceon. So, you know, I, I literally stayed up last night piecing this team out to be like, what was like craziest? you know, team I can make. Plus, I'm ready to hear Cynthia's music again. So, you know, it's funny. Um, you say uh, raising a Pokemon with friendship is like the, you know, it's like a thing to do. That was actually one of the reasons why uh, Crobat and Sylveon are one of my favorite Pokemon, or like two of my favorite Pokemons. Really? Um, yeah, and obviously this comes from like a low-tier dark place because we were moving every year. Um... You know, up until I got to high school, I never really had friends. So playing video games was my outlet. Um, when I learned that to get a Crobat, which arguably is just a really cool design for the Crow for like the you know, the Zubat line. Yeah. Um, you had to be its friend and everybody's like, How the fuck are you friends with Pokemon? Like it doesn't make sense. And I'm the only one over here with a Crobat. I'm like, How'd you do it? And I was like, I just hung out with my Pokemon all the time. And it would just be me with my Pokemon in my party just rolling around. If ever I had an egg, it was always in my party. Um, it ran with me almost the entirety of the game. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I think you technically have to trade it. No, you but, don't have to trade it. It's just a threshold thing. Once it gets to enough uh, friendship and it levels, it'll evolve. So I had that. Um, I actually had someone trade it back and forth because I thought that's how you did it. Um, but yeah, um, I befriended the fuck out of my my Golbat so hard it grew an extra set of wings and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing with Sylveon. Um, Eevee is one of my favorite Eevee. Like, Eevee is just my favorite. Uh, like, it, and itself. Um, and it's, again, kind of sad, but it can be whatever it wants. And you... I know, right? Uh, don't get choked up. But um, <laughs> it can be whatever it wants. So it was like like the all-around great Pokemon. Um, but to be its friend, you learn in the later generations, yeah, you get Sylveon. And I was like, oh, cool. It's the same thing with Crobat. And bam. That's how I got my Sylveon. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, shut up. Um... I'm better now. I have friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, it is going to be tough for me to like 
not refuse the urge to put all my favorite Pokemon on my team because a lot of my favorite p Pokemon are from Gen 4. Like Giratina is my favorite Pokemon of all time in Gen 4. I mean, not, not favorite Pokemon of all time in Gen 4. It's my favorite Pokemon of all time and it is in Gen 4. Yeah. Um, all of like the new evolutions, like all of the first stage Pokemon like from Gen 1 that got new forms, like Magmortar, Electivire, like Licky Licky, Tangela, Rhyperior, Yanmega, like all of them. Yeah. Like I fuck with all of them. Uh, and of course, uh, Gen 4 had just the best legendaries. They had the Lake Trio. Uh, they had the Alga, Palkia, Giratina, fucking Arceus, Darkrai, Shaman. Like, come on. Like, I <laughs> and you know, you know what? And I'm so glad that you brought these up. Are we going to actually get the Arceus event in game? That's true because you could not catch Arceus in, normally in Diamond in America, and Pearl. Yeah, in America because in Japan they got the event. Um, I believe we got the Shaman event. Yeah, but the only we, way the only way you could get an English Arceus is if you use action replay. And I did. I did. <laughs> I wanted one because it was it was whack because you got the plates in game. Yeah. But you couldn't get the actual Pokemon. Yeah, that was fucking... Mm, that was so <laughs> but, dumb. But yeah, um, I made money off that. Because oh people uh, were like, how do you do it? And I was like, oh, well. You you just I, got off of probation with the <laughs> Nintendo Ninjas. Don't put yourself back. But, um, but no, I hope we get that. Um, I hope they put in um, Platinums. You know... What, you know what, you know what could be sick? Hmm. Hideouts in, in the underground could be sick with multiplayer. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people Definitely. also forget, like, Gen 4 was the first generation that, like, had Pokemon with online functionality. Mm -hmm. So cause this could be coming full circle, but we, we have used, like, more than enough time that we have had. So we're going to cut it short for now. Uh, TLDR, go check out Outriders and uh, go look into the new Pokemon games and make your own decision and see what you want to do. But that has been it for episode 43 of the In-Game Grind podcast. You guys already know we drop every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Time. If you enjoy it, make sure you go check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or Anchor and make sure you rank us five stars. Make sure to give us up that algorithm and shout us out on Twitter at uh, In-Game Grind Pod. Or you could uh, follow us individually. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JRPGs. It's J-A-Y-R-P-G-S. And you can find Chris on Twitter at Zan Reaper. That's Z-A-N-R-E-A-P-R. Remember, if there's anything that you want us to talk about, just add us. And, you know, if we like it, we'll cover it. And if not, we'll just acknowledge you on the Twitter. Uh, also, uh, make sure that you guys are sharing the word about the podcast. We are trying to uh, get a little better about advertising the podcast because we do not miss a week the only time we missed a week let let that be known the only time we missed a week of the podcast is when texas had the most historical winter storm of all goddamn time uh other than that you will get an episode so as always it's been the in-game grind podcast till next time see you guys later take care